Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, we're continuing, of course, our study of the gospel of Matthew. Matthew presents Jesus as the king of the Jews. That's what we've been seeing. We think of him as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Matthew shows him to be the king of the Jews. He is presenting himself to the Jewish people. We've seen already in our study, and we're now into chapter 12, but we've seen Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount. We've seen his power to, to heal and to conquer death and defeat the demons. And, and then we've been seeing now this... Uh, opposition by the religious leaders. And we're going to look at uh, the subject this morning is, is Jesus talks about he's that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. What is he what's he talking about? What we're going to look at is we're going to see once again further conflict with the religious leaders. And it goes down to this. Jesus's disciples are going through grain fields and they take some of the heads of grain and they eat them. And the Pharisees come up and say, "You guys are working. This is a Sabbath day. You've broken the Sabbath." Is that what happened? What's going on? And was it okay for them to eat somebody else's stuff? And were they working by eating that? Well, how does it go? Well, let me raise some questions for you just to think about as we think about our passage. What is the Sabbath? Okay. What? And are you and I to keep the Sabbath? And how does this all fit in our lives as Christians? Well, we'll see how it fits together as we look at our passage this morning. Well, some of you, are, if you're younger, you've never heard of this, but when I grew up, there was a thing called Blue Laws. Anybody heard of Blue Laws? Blue Laws, we don't hear much about them today, but when I was growing up, especially in the Deep South, I grew up in Mississippi, there were laws that said you could only sell certain things on Sunday. See, when I was younger, the grocery stores weren't open on Sunday. Now, maybe some little convenience stores might be opened up, but because in the South, they were things called Blue Laws, that meant you could only sell things dealing with food or medicine on a Sunday. Things weren't open. I remember one time going with my mother to a store. She was buying, like, some milk or something, and we were in line, and there was a lady in front of us, and she had some food and a broom. And the guy behind the counter said, I'm sorry, I can't, you can't buy the broom, you know, because that's, that's not food or medicine. Uh, you can only uh, buy food or medicine. It all goes back to how, even in our country, when people think of Sunday, uh, people always say, well, you know, Sunday's that day, and it's set apart, and it's pretty special. And I had a friend that uh, his parents wouldn't let him play. You know, I, I didn't go to church, so nothing mattered to me. But I remember I played a lot on Sundays, and I had this good friend, and we liked to play touch football, but his mom and daddy wouldn't let him play touch football on Sunday. Because they said, well, it's a day of rest and you can't do that sort of things. Well, let me raise some questions. Is, is it wrong to play football on Sunday? And is, is Sunday and the Sabbath the same thing? Because we're talking about the Sabbath in the Bible. Does the Bible say that you're not supposed to break the Sabbath? What does that mean? Are we to keep the Sabbath? In fact, that's the question. Are we to keep the Sabbath and what is it? We're going to deal with this as we look at this, as we see the life of Christ. Now, last time... We've been seeing in the last, really, two or three weeks that the religious leaders are beginning to come after Jesus because he's teaching, he's healing, people are following him, people are looking at him. Some people are even saying things like, he, he is the Messiah. And, of course, he's got a group of men with him, the 12 disciples, what he calls 12 apostles, and then the others, and they're with him. And so there's conflict coming, and Jesus is making known that he is the Messiah. Now, as we look at this passage, one of the things he's going to say is that he is Lord of the Sabbath. And what does that mean? What did that mean to them even then? Well, let me break down the passage for you. We're going to look at the first 14 verses. He's, well, this is part talking about Lord of the Sabbath. They're picking grain. Then Jesus has to explain because there's a challenge there. And then they question Jesus about something. And then we see at the very end that he heals somebody, and he heals somebody on the Sabbath day. How does that all tie together? So we're going to look at it. We're going to look at Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, th there's the charge that uh, his disciples have broken the Sabbath. By the way, the Sabbath was really strict. 
and biblical-wise, uh, you know, they were, uh, as a nation of Israel, they were to set apart that, that, that final day, work six days, rest on the seventh. And uh, for the religious leaders, they had turned that day into such a legalistic thing, you couldn't do hardly anything. And so we see, as they're starting this, they see that they're going through the fields and they're picking grain. Look at chapter 12, look at verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain. Now, here's going to be the charge. The charge is that they are working on the Sabbath day, which was against the law. That's how they said it. Now, Jesus says at that time, Jesus had just given the, the, uh, the invitation to come unto me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We've already seen that. He offered salvation to anyone who would believe in him, and that was some great things. But here, I want you to notice the verses. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. Now, the word Sabbath means rest. That's what the word means. It doesn't mean Saturday, but it means rest. When we say a sabbatical, that's when a person says, well, I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm not going to work. And so we see that he's got his 12 disciples or 12 apostles, and they're with him, and they're going through the grain fields. Now, notice what it says. And the disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. Now, here they are. They're going through somebody's field. It's not their field. These guys are fishermen, most of them. So they're going through, and they're the grain, and so they, they take it, and, they, they, and they're eating. And you and I would say, wait a minute, you can't just go through somebody's, I mean, you can't just go eat somebody's food out of their field and everything. Well, yes, you could. Yes, you could. Under the Mosaic Law, in fact, in Deuteronomy 23, I want to read this to you. In Deuteronomy 23, it actually says that you could go through somebody's field, you could go through the grapevine, you could, and you could eat whatever you wanted to eat. Now, you couldn't put it in a basket. You couldn't keep, you couldn't say, let me just get a whole bunch of this stuff and go with it. But if you were hungry, you could go into somebody's field and eat. In fact, there was even a provision that they never, whatever field they had, they never uh, took care of the corner. They just left it so the poor people would come and get that. And that when they were gleaning and things, the poor people could follow behind the workers and whatever they dropped, it was required of the Mosaic Law that if you dropped something, you leave it and the poor people would come behind and pick it up. That's what they did. And so let me read this to you. This is Deuteronomy 23. I just want you to read this so you can just see what the Bible actually said. Verse 23, it says, when, this is verses 24 and 25. It says, when you enter your neighbor's vineyard, then you may eat grapes until you're fully satisfied, but you shall not put any in your basket. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, then you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. So you could eat, pluck it out, but you couldn't, like, couldn't harvest it or anything. But if you were hungry, you could do that. And so they've not done anything wrong. The real issue is they've done this on the Sabbath day. And so it says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath with his disciples, and they became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain. And so they haven't done anything wrong. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a charge here. And so Jesus is going to explain. Look at verse 2. When the Pharisees saw this, they saw him going through the grain fields, and they said to him, look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on a Sabbath day. On a Sabbath. Now, they were watching. You know, they followed Jesus around. The religious leaders followed Jesus around uh, not to learn from him, not to believe that he's the Messiah, but they followed him around hoping that he would do something wrong and they could accuse him. Well, they're watching and they see his disciples and they say, look what they're doing. They're, they're harvesting on Sabbath day. They've broken the law. So when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on the, on the Sabbath day. Uh, by the way, the charge basically was, th this is just not lawful. Well, it's a very strong charge. 
because under the Mosaic law, if you violated the Sabbath, you could be put to death. So that's a really strong charge. And the truth is this, they were not breaking the Sabbath. They were eating. They were not working. It was legal to do what they did. They could go through there. And actually eating and getting, that was not harvesting. They didn't have a sickle. They didn't get a basket. And so they're just doing what the law actually told them they could do. But the Pharisees are trying to get them. Now, the Pharisees, they were very legalistic people. You know, when you, when you, let me just say this. The word Pharisee means separated. And when the Jewish people came back from captivity, there were a group of people called, they said, we're going to call ourselves Pharisees, separated ones. We're going to live by the Bible. We're going to be holy people. That sounds really good. And it was good, except instead of living by the Bible, they made up a whole bunch of rules. And so they became legalistic. And we see Christians do this all the time. They have all kind of rules that have nothing to do with the Bible. And, and they're modern day Pharisees in what we'd see. So they weren't breaking the Sabbath. They were, they were not working. In fact, under the, Mosaic, uh, uh, under the religious leaders, they were 39 or 40 different sets of things you could not do on the Sabbath. It wasn't found anywhere in the Bible. It was just their rules. Now, before we get into it, let's talk about the Sabbath for just a second, because I know a lot of people who think that Sunday is the Sabbath day. The word Sabbath actually just means rest. It was a Jewish rest day. They were to work six days. Remember, if you go all the way back, God said that you will work six days and rest on the seventh. So the Sabbath day is actually Saturday. First day of the week is Sunday. So this is the first day of the week. Last day of the week is Saturday. That's the Sabbath day. So if, if we went to Israel today, if, if, you know, if we were in Israel and we got to what we'd call Saturday, that would be the Sabbath day. The Pharisees are accusing them of breaking the Sabbath. So here's a question just for us. Where do we fit in? Uh, we're not under the Mosaic law. We're not under the Mosaic law of the Sabbath. Nowhere in the Scripture, and I want you to understand, nowhere in the Scripture... The Sunday is never called either the Sabbath or a Sabbath. Sunday is the first day of the week, and it's called the Lord's Day. We're gathering together on the Lord's Day. It's the first day of the week. If we were up here yesterday, that would be the Sabbath day. Now, we're under the Mosaic Law, so none of that ever applies to us in any way, shape, or form. Christians worship on the first day of the week. Why? Because when Jesus died on the cross and paid for sin, he rose again three days later, and he rose on the first day of the week. It was on a Sunday. And so historically, believers, Christians, the church age, we meet together on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So we're not under the Sabbath day. And so the Bible tells us, listen to this, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, it says, when you come together on the first day of the week, that's Sunday. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, John said, hey, the vision came to him on the Lord's day. So in the Bible, what, what Sunday is called the Lord's day, Saturday is the Sabbath day. Now, we're not under, we're under the Mosaic law, but Sunday is never called the Sabbath. When you and I come together on the first day of the week, it is to worship. It is not a Sabbath day. We can do what we want to. When someone says you're not to do certain things on Sunday, they're confusing Sunday with the Sabbath. One of the most famous things is Eric Little. Eric Little was a Scottish man back in 1924, and he ran in the Olympic Games. And his tradition of the church he was in believed that Sunday was a Sabbath. And so he actually believed he wasn't supposed to do anything on Sunday because he equated Sunday and Sabbath as the same thing. That's not right, but that's what he thought. So in the Olympic Games, he didn't run the 100 meters because the, the finals were on a Sunday. 
but he did run the 400 meters, which was on another day and won, you know, won the Olympics. But some people are confused, and you'll hear somebody say, well, you can't do that on the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath is Saturday, not Sunday. Um, we should make sure that we set aside our Sunday as a time of worship and fellowship. It should be a priority. We're free to do whatever we want to on Sunday. But what is our priority? You know that Hebrews 10, 25 says, He commands believers to meet together for edification to show love and good works. And people say things like, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have to go to church. You don't have to do anything. The Bible actually commands believers to meet together on a regular basis to be taught the Bible, to be trained and equipped, to love one another, and to encourage one another to do good works and to have fellowship. So that's why we meet. You hear me say a lot of times we've gathered together to worship our Savior and to be trained and equipped. We've also gathered together for fellowship with one another and, and a great time. And so we are supposed to come together. We come together on the first day of the week. I want to say one other thing before we get back to the passage, and that's this whole idea of the principle that is given. There is a Sabbath principle found in the Bible. It goes all the way back to the original creation. If you go back to Genesis chapters 1 and 2, basically chapter 1, you notice that he created the heavens and earth in six days. And what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. That's the Sabbath. So God's pattern was that man works and rests. Works and rests. For the Jewish people, they work Sunday through Friday and rest on the Saturday. And our culture is a little bit different that we're not under any kind of Mosaic law or anything. So most people work five days and then they rest Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there is this principle that given to man is that we must rest from our labor. Now, I know people who work all the time. And what happens to them is they're not careful, they get burned out. Every one of us should, should work and rest and work and rest. Now, for many of you, you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You have Saturday and Sunday off. So one of those could be a rest day for you. You could do anything you want to. For me, uh, I have a day off. My day off is Monday. So I go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is not a rest day for me. And then I rest tomorrow. And, and I like it. And so, and the thing, what we're all supposed to do is work and what? Rest. For the Jewish people, work six days, rest on the seventh. For the believers, we, we actually worship on the first day of the week. So that's a principle we need to think about. Uh, if, if you don't rest, you'll burn out. Uh, I always think of Chick-fil-A just, just for the fact that they, they're open and then they're closed on Sunday. And, uh, and they're resting then is what they're doing. And uh, people say, oh, that, they think of all the money they're losing. What? No, they make more money than anybody else. They make more money in six days than most people make in seven. I'll never forget what I was talking to Prof. Hendricks one time, and this person came up to him, and Prof. Hendricks was saying, look, you guys... Everybody needs to take a rest. You need to take a rest. Well, the person came up and said, well, the devil never took a break. And Prof. Hendricks said, I didn't know the devil was our model. You know, I didn't know that's who we're supposed to pattern ourselves after. So the bottom line is we do need to rest. Our society, basically five days and two days off, so that's really good. Uh, one of the things you ought to do is make a priority. Let me tell you how things have changed. If you go back 25 years, and I've been here over 30 years, so I can, this is, if you go back 25 years, people who were connected in churches, and I mean the people who were members or who came on a regular basis, they averaged coming right at four times a month, okay? That's the people connected with the body. Now, they average two times a month. 
two times a month. And that's the people connected with the body. That's not, that's not somebody who's just checking out the church or who comes occasionally. Those are the people that are involved in the ministries that are connected with the church. It's just that people's priorities, time is just, you know, people say, oh, I wanted to go, but, you know, we were out of town that week, and then we had to go do this this week. And, and, and before you know it, you look at it, and you go, well, you know, you're right. I only go about it every other time. And so you need to make a priority to gather together to worship. Now, uh, the Pharisees were so legalistic. You've heard me talk about this. They had so many restrictions that aren't biblical. And, and let, let me give you a few of them because most of you know them. But the first one is a woman could not look in the mirror on a Sabbath day because she would be tempted to go, uh-oh. And they want to fix something. And say, no, you can't fix something because if you're fixing something, that's working. That's the religion. Now, that's not Bible. That's the Pharisees. They said that if you went outside... And you could only walk a certain distance anyway. But if you went outside and some mud or something hit up on you, you'd go, oh, no. And you could wait for a minute till it dried, and you could hit three times. That's all. And that's all you could hit. You could not spit on a Sabbath day, according to their rules. So they had all kind of rules and laws. You see the same thing today. As people who say, you can't wear these certain kind of clothes, you can't do this kind of thing, you can't play this, you can't go to this. There are people that make up all kind of rules that have nothing to do with the Bible. And that's what they were doing. And they said, these men have broken the Sabbath because they only did exactly what Deuteronomy said they could do. Eat a little bit. So what happened? We're going to see that Jesus is going to talk about this and he's going to show that attitude is much more important than ritual. And what we're going to find is that man's needs are more important than that ritual. The Sabbath is made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. Under the Mosaic law, they turned that day into a day that man had to come under it. But the Sabbath was really for the man. It was so that people could work and then they'd have time to rest and time to worship and, and enjoyment. That's the plan. So here's what happens. They come and they say that. Now, Jesus is going to talk, because if you look at verse 3, but he said to them, that's Jesus, because they've come and said, these guys have broken the Sabbath. We're going to see that he's going to show three different things. He's going to show how David, the priest, and himself all break the Sabbath according to their rules, and we'll show you how it works. First of all, he's got David. Look what he says here. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he became hungry? And he and his companions, they entered the house of God, and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to eat, not for those with him, but for the priest alone. Do you understand in the Ark of the Covenant, in the tabernacle area, there was a front room. You'd, the priest could only go in there, and the priest could go in the front room, and in the front room, there was a lampstand over here. There was a table of bread, 12 loaves of bread there, and there was an altar that they kept burning all the time, and the lampstand was burning all the time. Once a week, a priest would have 12 loaves of bread. They would come in. They would take the old 12 loaves out, each one representing one of the tribes of Israel, and put the new 12 loaves in. And who was supposed to eat the loaves? The priests were supposed to eat the loaves. That's all. That's who, that's, that says priests can eat the loaves. Well, King David, before he's the king, he's running from Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. He's got some men with him, and he gets to the priest, and he knows he needs some help. And so he goes to the priest, and he says, listen, uh, do you have a sword anywhere? And the priest said, well, it just so happens the sword that you used when you cut Goliath's head off, that big old sword, I got it back over here. And he said, let me have that sword. And then he said, we're starving. You got any food? And the priest said, no, we don't have any food, but, well, we got the bread here. And he went and got the bread and gave it to David. Well, was David supposed to eat that bread? Not really, but the priest said, wait a minute. People's needs come before rituals. 
And so he gave, so Jesus says, have you not read what David did when he became hungry and his companions, how they entered the house of God, how they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, but for those with him, but for the priest alone? He said, listen, they, they ate it. Why? Because they needed it. And that's what we see. And so he says, he said, don't you know the Bible? Look at verse five again. Or you have not read, he's going to give another one. Now he's going to talk about the priest. He said, are you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priest and the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? What do you mean the priest break the Sabbath? You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Well, the priest worked on the Sabbath because on the Sabbath day, the priest went and they offered a sacrifice at nine o'clock in the morning. They offered sacrifices at three o'clock in the afternoon. They offered sacrifices to keep the thing burning. So the priest actually worked every day, even on the Sabbath. And he says, the priest... Have you not read that the priest actually broke the Sabbath and they're innocent? Why? Because their responsibilities, their responsibilities superseded that final thing. And then he says this, but I say to you, and then he's going to talk about the Sabbath is made for the man, by the way. And then he says himself, he talks about himself and notice what he says. He says, I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. Jesus is talking about himself. He's the Messiah. The Messiah is greater than the temple. He's saying he's greater than all of that. And then they, what you find is they were putting, the religious leaders were putting the ritual above a person. It would be like a person is starving to death and they'd say, sorry, we can't give that to you because you actually went further than you were supposed to go. Sorry. That's the rule. And sometimes we see people and they break rules and we say things like, well, we're not going to be able to help them because they're not doing the things they should be doing. Are we going to be compassionate? Are we going to love people? Are we going to love everybody? Are we going to do what God tells us to do? Are we going to reach out? And so he says, and then he quotes for us in verse 7, he quotes um, Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, but if you would have known what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice you would not have condemned, and notice what Jesus calls them, the innocent. He says, they're not doing anything wrong. And he says, they were putting the ritual above the person. He said, if you, if you had actually understood the Bible, God says, I want compassion rather than sacrifices. I want sacrifice, compassion rather than the rituals. Put the needs of people above religious things. God wants you and I to reach out in compassion to the people in our community. And it says they, these religious leaders, they were not interested in people's needs, but the letter of the law and the rituals. When we put ourselves in other people's places, we want to see what they're like, what's going on in their lives. I read this. It kind of broke my heart. It was in Fortune magazine, and it's talking about at the end of World War II. And, you know, talk about compassion. At the end of World War II, a wounded soldier arrived in the United States and he called home. And he said, would my family want to entertain a partially blinded soldier with an arm and a leg shot off? And the mother said, yeah, bring him home with you, son, but only for a few days. When he hung up the phone, he took his life. He was that soldier. How do we look at people? With compassion? With love or with rules? I'll never forget, it's been a long time ago, but a lady came to see me and it was on a Wednesday. And we had a Wednesday night service in those days. And she came in to see me because she was all bothered. And it was like about 5 o'clock. 
And we talked for a long time. I didn't know her. She just showed up. And so I invited her. I said, why don't you come to church tonight? We're going to have a great time. And she said, I can't. Why? I have on pants. And she was taught that a woman could not go to a service if she had on pants. She had to have a dress on. I said, well, in our church, you don't have to, as long as you wear some kind of pants or something, you can come. But it yeah, you, you doesn't matter what you wear in that. But you can see how some people are just put under rules rather than the truth of the Bible. He closes out this little thing by saying, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He, he's, that's the title of the Messiah. He's saying, I, I made the Sabbath. I control the Sabbath. I work all things. He, that's what he says. Now, from there, they're going to question him because he leaves. And I'll look, notice what happens in verse 9. Departing from there, he went into their synagogue. Now, remember, this is a Sabbath day. What do they do in the synagogue? Let me just give you a quick idea. The synagogue was a place that they would come in. Men sat on one side, women sat on the other. There was a guy called Archisynagosis, which actually ruled the synagogue. They would bring out the Torah, they'd bring it out, they'd unroll it, there was a certain thing they would read, they would read that, and then somebody would speak, and then sometimes they would ask people, would anyone like to say anything? And of course, Jesus a lot of times would get up and teach, and sometimes other places, but that's what they would do. Now, I want you to remember that the Jewish people, when they got taken into captivity, they were in captivity for all those years, 70 years, during that time period, they started meeting together in small groups. Synagogue means to come together. That's a synagogue. When they came back from captivity, uh, they, that's when they begin to meet in these small groups, which we call synagogues. And so that's what they're doing. And so departing from there, he went into a synagogue, and there was a man there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, asking is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? Now, I want you to get something. If you, ha- if you haven't read this closely, you'll just read right over it. But notice this. Why do you think that man with a withered hand is there? They brought him there. And say, so why are they asking Jesus, hey, is it okay to heal on the Sabbath day, they set Jesus up. Notice it says, so they might accuse him. They're hoping that the man with a withered hand, and he's going to come in and he's going to say, what are you going to do about this guy? Is it okay to heal him? And they're going to say, accuse him, because Jesus is going to work on the Sabbath. He's going to violate the Sabbath. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get him that they think he'll do something wrong. So verse 10 says, there was a man whose hand was withered, and they questioned Jesus, asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. Look what Jesus said. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep, and if he falls in a pit on a Sabbath, will not take hold of him and lift it out? Listen, under the most, if a, if a sheep on a Sabbath day fell down in a big hole or something, it was your sheep, you didn't say, well, it's the Sabbath day, I can't do anything. You went down there and you got that sheep and you pulled that sheep out because it was valuable to you and that was sheep's life, and it didn't matter whether it's the Sabbath or not, you had to pull that sheep out. So look what Jesus goes on to say. What man is among you who has a sheep that falls in a pit on the Sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Did you see what the Jesus did? Jesus didn't say it's lawful to work on the Sabbath. He says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. See, how much greater is a man than a sheep? It's lawful to do goods. Man's needs supersede the Sabbath. That's under the Mosaic law. It's not a question of working. It's a question of doing good. And Jesus said, no. Under the Mosaic law, 
you did good on the Sabbath, even if it meant doing something that looked like work, pulling a sheep out, taking care of a person. And so then he said to the man, watch this, and this is, this is I love this. He's going to heal this man. He said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored normal. Think about this. Here's this guy with a withered hand, and Jesus says, stretch it out, and he stretches it out, and it's normal in front of all those people. What should they have been doing? Wow, this is amazing. People should be jumping up and down and clapping and cheering and saying, I think this guy's the Messiah. I think this guy's the Messiah. What did they do? The Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. They wanted to kill him. The word destroy actually means put an end. It means to ruin. It means destruction. They wanted to kill Jesus because he healed somebody. What should they have been wanting to do? They should have been wanting to hug and jump up and down and say, this is amazing. See, they hated him because he was so different. Chuck Swindoll says this. He says he was a threat to them because Jesus offered life and they offered condemnation and death. And Jesus offered grace and love and they offered law and legalism. That's the difference. And when we walk out these doors, what are we offering people? What are we offering them? Love, grace, or legalism, and law. We go out these doors. Our message is Jesus loves you. He died and rose again. He has a gift for you. When you trust in him, he gives you eternal life. That's a gift. We're not going out and saying, now, if you'll clean up your act, get your act together, quit doing this, clean up your life, come down an aisle, make a public profession, get baptized, do these following things, then maybe you could be saved. No, that's law. That's works. We're going with a message of grace, not a message of works. Just remember that. So, Pharisees accuse the disciples of breaking the Sabbath. Jesus shows that God desires compassion rather than rituals. He heals the man on the Sabbath, and instead of them responding by going, wow, they say, let's kill him. So let me give you some applications. The first one is, let's show compassion to others. That's what we're here for. Reach out in love, not only to our fellow believers, but to others as well. Jesus desires that we show compassion above religious activity. There are people who put all kind of rituals and rules and everything else. And what we want to do is reach out to people with the love and the grace of our Savior. Do we look at others with compassion? Now, we're not saying we don't obey the Bible. The Bible has... Many truths and principles and things that we live by, but we need to show love to others. The second thing is this. Let's understand the Sabbath principle. Now, we're not under the Sabbath thing, but here's the deal for us. Let's set aside our Sundays as a time of worship. It's not because it's a Sabbath, because we're not under Sabbath. Uh, we have great freedom. Sunday is the first day of the week, and we, we come together on the first day of the week because Jesus died and rose again. But let me ask you a question. Think about your priorities. What are your priorities? 1 Corinthians 16, when you come together on the first day of the week, it is really expected that believers would come together and worship. So be careful if the things of your life are pulling you away from fellowshipping and worshiping with your fellow believers. Make a priority to come to worship, to be trained, and to equip. Sunday's not a Sabbath, but it is the day that we can meet together. There's one final thing I want you to think about. Let's take time to rest. The principle of Sabbath is in the Bible. Work, rest, work, rest. I know some of you who work so much that you never rest, and you're going to wear out. A lot of times people say, oh, you're always going all the time, JB. They don't see me on Mondays. I'm not going all the time on Mondays. I'm like this on Monday. <laughs> but... We all got to rest. 
So my prayer is that you look at your life and make sure you have that pattern of working and resting. What's the priority of our lives? Living for our Savior.